0: Welcome to Music Love Harmony, the official podcast of musicloveharmony.com. I'm your host, Alima Maya, and I'm happy to be joined by singer and songwriter, Annie Delgado. Annie, thank you for joining me. Hey,
1: Aleema, thanks for having me, and thanks for all the support. I feel like we've been friends on social media for a while, but we're finally getting to talk.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is great. It's it's great to like meet you, even though we can't see each other. So yeah, I'm happy. Thanks thanks for joining like, So congratulations on the new single, Dancing While the World is on Fire. It's, yeah, it was great. I love it. Thank you. So it's a beautiful song that brings awareness to climate change. So tell us about your experience writing the song and teaming up with the organization Zero Hour to bring awareness to climate change.
1: Yeah, it all just kind of happened. I definitely didn't set out thinking, okay, I'm going to make music about activism. But um, I got interested in climate change, of course, being from Florida and growing up on the beach. I would see some tangible things changing about my environment growing up. And then I had a few other alarms go off, you know, as I was getting older and I went around and traveled and saw different parts of the world being affected, too. And so um, last summer, when I was working on the song with Sam Nicolosi, we were kind of just talking about the state of the world. It was kind of at the height of COVID. It was when the Black Lives Matter marches were happening every day. And we both just were like, oh my gosh, so much is wrong with the world. And it was really a song more about um, our generation coming together to solve these pro- huge problems, but it kind of manifested as a song about climate change because of all the imagery that we put in the song. And I do believe that climate change is at the root of all of our problems. You know, there's injustices within climate change itself um, that we have to solve. So I thought it was a great place to start. Um, And it's always been a part of, it's always been a mission of mine to bring some good to my music
0: that's great. And I love how the song also, it promotes uh, unity. I love how optimistic the single is. Uh, it's it's really beautiful. Thank you. And it's great that you use your platform to bring awareness to big issues in the world. Did you always have a passion for activism and bringing an awareness to social issues?
1: Yeah. I mean, back before I even started this official artist project, I was in New York and I was kind of just digging around with songs I wrote just to see how people like them. And so when I used to play those little gigs in the Lower East Side of New York, I used to donate all of my proceeds to the Brooklyn Pride Center, um, which supports LGBTQIA plus youth in Brooklyn. And so it's always been a mission of mine. I have always been of the school of thought that what good is having a platform if you can't use it to spread a good message. So um I do think it needs to be authentic though so i'm I'm grateful that inspiration struck and gave me the opportunity to really talk about climate change in a real way
0: oh that that's great, and what was it like filming the music video It looked really fun, like being in that rainstorm and seeing the clips of all the activists that looked that look really fun?
1: yeah, it was actually really easy um so when I knew that the song was going to focus on climate change and that I wanted to do a campaign, uh, the reasoning for that is I didn't want to just put a song out there talking about it. I wanted to do something about it. And so I met uh, Jamie Margolin, who is an incredible um, climate change activist and Zanagi artist and um, Shane Coopersmith. I asked them all if they would be in the music video. And so luckily, well, the original idea was that they would actually vlog their climate change activism over the course of a month or so. But unfortunately, that fell around the holidays and COVID. So it was hard to get any kind of footage in real time because it was a little quieter for everyone. But they did. uh, They were gracious enough to send me their footage from before COVID, um, which looks a little more exciting because there's marches and there's beach cleanups, etc., um and so yeah it was just a matter that the editor and the director really had a huge hand in making the music video so cool so I just gave them this footage from the activists and then the director and I rented a studio with the rain room and we just went one morning for like four hours and I just was like I just want you to film me dancing in my underwear well you don't see my underwear but you know what I mean I wanted it to really reflect COVID and and kind of how I was feeling so um, that's why I was by myself. That's why I was just kind of like very natural, plain looking, just dancing it out. I wanted to, it to feel cathartic. And that's where the idea for the Rain Room came out. And It was so fun to dance around in the rain.
0: Oh, that looked really fun. And you also teamed up with some uh, climate change activists. And I do want to ask, what do you notice like with this um, this generation? Are they passionate about activism as well like you? Like what do you see with this generation bringing awareness to this issue?
1: Yeah, I mean, we're all really passionate about activism. And that was part of the um, inspiration behind the song, because it felt like the world was ending last year. But then I saw myself and my peers getting on social media and using social media. And we were literally dancing while the world was on fire. We were on TikTok doing dances, but we were also having important discussions, organizing, unifying, connecting. And so I see all across the internet, um, this generation really engaged and bringing up uh, issues and starting discussions about every little corner of, um, of every kind of issue. I mean, within climate change itself, it, I thought it was really cool that the people that i worked with, Shane is really big on sustainability and personal responsibility. And then Zero Hour and Jamie and uh, Sinaji are both really big on um, legislative action and um, and making sure that companies are held accountable. And I think both have a place in the conversation. So it's just really great to see people across the internet just finding these things and just, you know, people are at home thinking about all the problems and and trying to come up with solutions.
0: Yeah, that's great. It seems like, you know, the state of the world that we're in now, it seems like this time has allowed us to really think about issues that we're all facing. So, and it's great. Yeah, it's great to have music that um, causes us to have like important conversations. and:
1: Yeah, I think music is the, the great unifier. Um, something that frustrates me with climate change and the whole discussion behind it is that um, you know, it seems like it's been um, weaponized and politicized. And I wanted to use music to unify people on that that concept. And I hope that I can use music in the future to unify people on other concepts. But I think what I've seen with my song is, you know, people of all schools of thought have have heard it and they've said, yeah, we we will be okay, but we do have to do something.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I want to talk about another beautiful single of yours, Daydream. Like, I really love this song. This song is so fun. It's a burst of sunshine. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, tell us about how the song came to life, the production process, choosing the song. I mean, the sounds, actually. um, It's a really fun song. So tell us more about it.
1: Yeah, Daydream was interesting. Um, I've never had a song where I've done so many rewrites on it. Um, And I know some musicians think that, like, if you have to think too long on a song, you should abandon it. And usually I'm that person. But with this song, I just was like, there is something here. And so originally I was writing it about taking the high road. It was called Angel Energy. It was about, um, you know, like when you're dealing with someone who's trying to bring you down, just staying on that like high vibration and, you know, saying to them, hey, you can come up where I am. Um, or you can stay down there, but I'm good either way. And that's how it kind of evolved into daydream. Uh, and the song is kind of about um, basically feeling all of the desire and um, and feelings that come along with daydreaming and like really wanting something badly, but having the swagger, the confidence, um, the self uh, appreciation to just say, you know what, um, you're great, but take it or leave it, I'm going to keep going on my way up. And if you want to join me, you can.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. So it's about manifesting, right?
1: Yeah, I'm a big manifester. Um, And then with the sound in the in the song, uh, Sam, who I work with, he is really a master at coming up with really beautiful, rich, dreamy soundscapes. So we were kind of just talking and I'm a big visualizer when it comes to music. So I'm like, Oh, I want it to sound like cotton candy skies and rainbows and prisms. And so from there, he um, did a lot of cool things like reversing guitar sounds and finding uh, really interesting synths to um, stack and layer. And I think the, tra- the track is like so many different stems. I think it's almost like 60 stems. So it's very, very uh, rich and thick in production.
0: Oh, that's, that's incredible. And the music video for Daydream is uh, really beautiful. Did you come up with the concept for the video?
1: I did. Yeah. And COVID has been interesting with shooting music videos because for each of these music videos in my EP, I had different ideas to begin with. And then COVID happened um, as I was writing and working, finishing the EP. And so I had to kind of like switch um, gears a little bit. So with Daydream, I was like, okay, well, it just, it has to be just me and it has to be outside. And so I was thinking about the inspiration behind Daydream. And I was thinking, you know, who better to channel in a music video than the goddess Venus, because she is the epitome of just like having that power and beauty and just having the grace to stand firm and, and say, I'm awesome on my own here. If you want to join me, come with. If not, I'm cool, you know, by myself. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I read somewhere was the music video shot on, in Laguna Beach or somewhere in that area?
1: Yeah, that was actually, it was one of my favorite music videos to shoot ever because it took place on the beach. I grew up going to the beach like every single day, grew up in a beach town. And so pretty much the entire day was just me playing in the water and um, getting filmed. So that was fun.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. And Laguna Beach. I love that place. That place is so heavenly. It's really beautiful.
1: Yeah, that was my first time there. I've lived in California for about two years, but that was my first experience Uh, at Laguna, and I just, it was probably the most beautiful beach I've ever been to, even though I do have a soft spot for my hometown Mm -hmm. beach.
0: Yeah, it's a beautiful place. And let's talk about your musical background. You mentioned in the previous interview that you grew up surrounded by music, and you got your first guitar in the fourth grade. So tell us about some fond memories you have from childhood, learning the guitar, and writing your first songs. Yeah, I
1: mean... Uh, my parents both really liked music in their own ways. Growing up, my dad listened to a lot of classic rock, so I think that's where I gained my appreciation for interesting sounds in music. Um, because I would be going to dance class, and my dad would be playing Pink Floyd um, and Led Zeppelin in the car, and I like obviously Pink Floyd just has such interesting, rich soundscapes as well. Then my mom loved ABBA. She loved all of the like old school disco queens. Um, Dolly as well. And so I think that's where my love for songwriting kind of grew and taking both together. uh, When I was about 13, I discovered Taylor Swift. And of course I wanted to be just like her and write songs. And I never even really knew that songwriting was a thing. I kind of just assumed that people wrote songs for artists. So she was really uh, the person who inspired me to start writing. So I got my first guitar in about fourth grade And then when I discovered Taylor Swift, I started every day after school going into uh, this extra room we had in the house that quickly became a music room. And I would write songs about what went on in the day. And I must have written hundreds of songs. Um, And yeah, it was that was a great time because I just had time every single day to work on it. And then I went to school for music in New York City. Uh, It was actually for performing arts. So it was acting, dancing, singing, all of it. And there I took a composition class, which was essentially songwriting, and I wrote my first um, like serious song by myself. And then from there, I realized I had a huge passion for it. So I just kept trying to work with as many people as I could and um, find my sound. And then I finally met the right producers, and that's how my first couple of songs were made.
0: Oh, that's cool. And I read that when you were in New York City, you were in an experimental rock band, correct?
1: Yeah, I was, that is a funny story.
0: So would you say that that experience uh, helped you transition into a career as a solo artist? Like what was that experience like?
1: Yeah, it was interesting. So it was uh, an ex-boyfriends band, which is always fun. Uh, and <laughs> uh, they were really into like Radiohead, Wolfpack, um, Snarky Puppy, like interesting experimental rock, uh, Team Paula as well, psychedelic rock, that kind of stuff. I didn't really know how the music industry worked in any way. So I just was like, you know what? I just wanted to dip my toes in. And so I went and it was really fun working with them because being experimental, you know, in nature, they never cared about like time signatures or keys or whatever. They were always experimenting with those kinds of things. And I just had to challenge myself to sing along. And I think that's where I developed a lot of my skills uh, as a a songwriter because I'd have to come up with these melodies over these crazy uh crazy, uh, instrumentals. And then, um, after being with the band for about a year, I realized that, you know, it was fun, but I really had a passion for pop. So that's when I started to think about, um, pursuing music outside of the band. And I kind of just networked and like tried to find people making music, anyone at all. And I made a bunch of demos in those years with different producers. And then when I moved to LA, I met PJ Bianco, um, great producer. He's worked with a lot of cool people. He works with Arizona, the band a lot. He works with Daniel Lovato, um, other pop girls like uh, Fifth Harmony and stuff. And we got together and made my first song, Galaxy. And then I think he really had a big hand in kind of teaching me how to hone my sound and find what makes me unique. So that was a huge launching point for me. And since then, I've been um, fortunate to find producers who understand what I'm going for and then, you know. We make music and we put it out. It's cool.
0: <laughs> oh, that, that's cool. And um, what have you noticed since being in L.A.? Any differences from New York City, like when it comes to the industry? Like, Yeah, I
1: mean, for whatever reason, it's easier for me to find a community here. Um, I guess there's more people doing pop in New York. I had a harder time finding uh, people who were, you know, really pursuing pop music. Um, but I don't think they're not there. I just think I didn't know the right people. Um, Here, I was fortunate enough, right when Galaxy came out, uh, my manager actually heard it on a playlist at a party. And she reached out to me and and we've been together ever since. So it, yeah, I don't know if LA is better for pop or, or about the same. But for me, I just everything fell into place. But I also think because I'm the kind of person to believe in like the universe and things happening for a reason, I do think that I'm was more at peace here in LA. And, and that's why I found my people.
0: Oh, that's great. So it's been a fun experience being in LA.
1: Oh yeah. I love it here. I miss New York a lot. I love New York, but it's very um, relaxing. I feel very creative in LA.
0: Oh, and of course, access to the beaches as well.
1: Right? Yes. <laughs> I think that's part of it.
0: So Annie, thank you so much for your time. As we close, um, I do wanna ask, will Daydream and Dancing with the, um, While the World is on Fire, will that be a part of an EP?
1: It will be. Um, the EP, we're releasing it song by song, single by single, just because I realized that the songs kind of all deserved a life of their own because they're all related. But if you can tell already from you know Daydream and, and Dancing While the World is on Fire being vastly different songs, the next two are also very different. And so I wanted to give them their own opportunity to uh, get appreciated before releasing the full EP. So the full EP will be out in early summer uh, and you'll have all four songs by then.
0: Yes, exciting. We're all looking forward to that. So Annie, thank you so much for your time and for this interview. Please tell us uh, where we can find you, where we can follow you and how people can support the organization Zero Hour.
1: Thank you so much, Alima. Um, Yeah, you can find me on Instagram, uh, TikTok, and Twitter at Annie with one N underscore Delgado. You can find me on YouTube and Facebook at Annie Delgado Official. You can find me on Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, Amazon Music, Google Play, literally anywhere you want to listen to music. Just search my name, Annie Delgado. And uh, Zero Hour, They actually have this wonderful program going on now called Zero Hour 101, where they essentially train you um, for free on how to start your own chapter um, and activism movement in your community. So you can just go on their website, zerohour.org, and sign up. Um, You can also sign up to learn about the Green New Deal, which is great. Or if you do know about the Green New Deal already, you can sign up to help educate um, people across the country about it. So that's what they have going on. You can also make a donation. That money goes to helping um, fund their marketing and helping to fund like snacks and waters and stuff when they have protests and marches. Um, They're a great organization, fully youth led. Um, I'm so inspired by them. So definitely please go check them out and support them.
0: Oh, sounds great. Beautiful. Annie, thank you so much for this interview, for your time and have a great day. Thank you. It was so great to talk to you.
1: You too, Alima. I'm so glad we finally got to do this. Have an awesome day.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode of Music Love Harmony. Please be sure to subscribe and follow us on Instagram at Music Love Harmony.